Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for joining us for today's Digital Lunchbox. I'm joined by Adam Nix. He's a customer success manager here at 08 and our founder and CEO, Seth. So we're going to be chatting about how to approach a website redesign. Um, they're both experts in this area, and it's something we do all the time here at 08. Um, and one of the questions we get pretty often is, how do you know if you need a website redesign? So Adam, you want to kick us off? I know it's a pretty big question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a question that gets asked a lot, though. Like, uh, people come to us and they're like, hey, like, I'm, I'm sick of this website or this or that isn't working correctly. Um, and usually what we do kind of right off the bat is finding the root of the problem. Why is someone coming to us in the first place? What's that issue? Um, is it that I just hate how my site looks? Is it that I'm not getting enough leads? Um, kind of taking those problems and moving from there really helps us figure out if a redesign is necessary. Sometimes what we find out is that maybe it's not that the site as a whole is the issue itself, but maybe your form isn't set up correctly, or maybe your e-commerce isn't working how you expect it to. And we can kind of look into those uh, micro conversions and the actually optimizing of those certain pages instead of doing a full-blown redesign. Other times, maybe that site is completely outdated. Maybe the architecture is really messy and we need to go in and completely rebuild it from scratch. Um, so usually it's about finding that root problem before we actually go, all right, let's just redesign this whole thing. Let's, let's take everything out and gut it. Um, instead, it's about actually determining what that issue is. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'd say, you know, at a high level, people come to us with an intuition that their site needs a redesign, right? But we want to look at every fine grain detail and the data too, right? Sometimes people do have a limited amount of data, but sometimes they don't even have analytics on their site. Um, and so, you know, it's a complicated question. Um, do I need to re redesign? Because, well, Maybe maybe a couple couple weeks of data, if you don't even have the analytics, could do you some good um, in determining to what extent you need to redesign, or you know can even advise what we're going to do when we finally redesign the site. So that's my perspective. What would some of those data points be? What what would that show? Yeah, you know, uh, conversions like Adam mentioned, micro or macro conversions. So. Are people just hitting the home page and then bouncing, or you know, are they moving to important pages? And then once they get to those important pages, are they actually converting and turning into a lead or a purchase or a, you know what have you, something valuable for the business? Yeah, and I'd add on to that. Like I think a, a specific example could be, for instance, looking at the data of how people are interacting with your forms, especially for a lot of people that need those form entries as lead generation. Sometimes there are, um, you know, like relatively quicker or um, I guess just like uh, easier changes to make to form entries and how people are actually interacting with that or other important parts of the site. Um, just through making sure that you're collecting data, even for a few weeks, uh, sometimes it can feel like overwhelming if you're like, I haven't collected any data, I don't have anything to go off of, but it's never too late to start doing that and actually collecting a little bit of something to at least have a little bit of idea of where you should be going with this. Yeah, and the, the important part is there, there can just be so many things, so many reasons for why your website isn't doing what you want it to do. It can even be something as simple as the messaging or how you convey your value proposition, even on the homepage. You know, it could be 
as simple as running a test to see like, hey, if we change our messaging, does that improve conversions, leads, et cetera? Okay, so it sounds like there are tools and tests that can be used that can give you insights. So you can actually see someone's interaction with your website firsthand. Yeah. Hire a person and you stand over their shoulder or what is this? What is this? <laughs> well, you know, there, there, there are tools like Hotjar where the user session is recorded. So their mouse movements and what pages they click on, you know, you're essentially following their mouse or their scroll, their thumb, as the user navigates the web page. And what they click on, we can track that too. And not just the user, but an aggregate of users. So uh, say 2,000 users over the past month, we can compile that data into a heat map and say, oh, everyone loves clicking on this thing. And that knowledge is really useful. Yeah, or um, I mean, if you're looking at analytics too, like let's say you have all these people going to your site and you're like, hey, I'm getting all this traffic here. But the first thing those people click sends them to a third party site or something when they get to the page. Looking at Google Analytics and watching for that kind of thing and say like, oh, well, I've got these big numbers coming to the site, but they're not really that meaningful if they're jumping off the site right away because of where I have a link set up or the wrong button. Interesting. So if you can determine that you do need a website redesign, what does that process even look like? I know that we always say we like to start with the discovery here at 08. So Adam, what, what is a discovery? So yeah, let's say we went down the um, full redesign path. Um, first, we'd probably talk to um, the client and make sure that they have an understanding of what kind of systems they're going to be using. Um, a lot of times we recommend open source systems like WordPress and Drupal, are the main ones here. Um, and sometimes, depending on the use case, one of those will be better than the other. Um, we like to say like whatever works best for you and what works best for your company is what we're going to work with here. It's not just a one size fits all all the time. Um, from there, we use any kind of data you do have. Understanding the user journey, um, what your customers are, what your business goals are, all to determine how to actually set up these pages and uh, make sure that people are actually converting on the site. Um, once we, that's all kind of through the discovery there. So talking with the client, um, getting an idea of what those strategies and goals are, and then moving that into a wireframing and mock-up process from there. Um, a lot of the discovery process is really making sure everybody has a clear understanding of what the goals of your business and site are, because those have to be working together. The site is an extension of your company and will be a really big extension of that, where you need to make sure those business goals are reflected all over the site from page to page. So that's kind of where we would start with the discovery process. Do you have anything to add to that, Seth, about discovery? No, just that you know, people tend to discount the importance of discovery sometimes. And you know, it's, it's, it saves a lot of time when we really are thorough in that discovery process because there are so many things that we can you know, fall out of sync on or we can misalign on. Um, <clears throat> you know, Because this, this web design thing, while you, at the end you see a pretty beautiful design, it, it really does have some complex parts to it. Um, so just I want to underscore that the discovery process is really critical. Right. And so it sounds like that's where the stakeholders really get aligned and you really develop, like Adam said, you know, the KPIs, um, maybe some 
timeline goals, just overall project scope, and just making sure it all goes back to that business goal. And I think that's a good point. People maybe sometimes forget that a website is so much more than just a pretty flash page, if you will. That's not what we, we do here at 08. We make beautiful designs, but they also have to tie back to your business goals and convert um, and make you make you money, make you profit and get your message out there. So step number two is really design. So let's go back to the messaging and how you can structure um, your website to really portray what you do and portray that to the right buyer personas. What is that process like? Um, I could kind of jump in here. So I'd say actually portraying what you want to actually show people on the site here uh, can be a bit of a challenge, especially because a lot of people have a lot of information they want to show right away. Um, so when you think about like a homepage, for instance, and jumping to that, what do you want that customer or that person, that, that potential client or potential lead to see when you jump to that site? A lot of times it can be... Um, be easy to add a lot of different CTAs. Like we've got this, this, that, and this, and uh, someone jumps, jumps to the site and gets uh, gets confused or gets kind of scared away in a sense where you're kind of jumping right off and you don't have a place to go. So first thing we kind of look for is what are those priorities for you? Um, where, do, what is it, where do we need to lead someone when they jump onto this site? Um, do you have a certain product that's the most important to you? Do you have a certain goal or uh, image in mind where you can tell someone when they come to the site why you're different and why you can stand out. Um, right. Putting that into design and actually making sure that that is a, uh, in a sense, like a physical thing that you can actually see on the site through, either through making sure that they are, they are that gaze is going to the correct spot, mm -hmm. or through other means uh, is super important. So that's probably where we'd start to make sure that that those designs are actually meaningful. I mean, obviously, there's the stuff with making sure the site is modern, making sure it's optimized for mobile use or whatever kind of tablet or um, device most of your customers are using. But you have to pair that with actually those conversions or the correct CTA messaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and inevitably, there are going to be opinions that come along with the design process. And that's great. We love opinions. We love, you know, examples of the look and feel that you like from other sites, competitors, whoever it may be. And that is important um, because the end result is a beautiful thing that should look and feel great. Um, so not not to downplay that, but also we, we, we have to think of the kind of emergent properties that get us there. And some of those things are, you know, like we're talking about the the pattern libraries, if it's a more complex site where we can um, have this thing that we can maintain, but also have design patterns that are structured and you know will grow with you and your site and your business uh, over time, wireframes, user personas, uh, all these components to that beautiful end product. Right, and it's so interesting because Adam, you did just say, you, know, you have to take into account things like responsiveness and different um, devices that people might be accessing your site from. And I think that's where an agency partner can really come into play is, you know, a lot of times business owners might be so involved that they think of just the overall design and maybe they've thought through their value prop and some messaging, but having an agency partner to come in with a, a fresh perspective and an unbiased approach of, well, these are your your buyer personas and we have to make sure that everything we're building speaks to them and also you know is going to work across all these different devices and i had a really interesting meeting 
earlier today that I actually want to mention because it was something I had not thought of. Um, but a potential client really wanted a, a splashy page, you know, parallax scrolling, video, all those fun things that can come off very, very engaging. Um, they really want the glitz and the glam. And we said, we can give you that, but you also have to be ADA compliant. And a lot of those things are not ADA compliant. And they kind of had a light bulb moment of, oh yeah, we do have to be ADA compliant. And okay, I get why that might not work with screen readers and assistive technologies. So having someone kind of be able to guide you through that, um, I think is really important. So I like that you brought that up. And then, you know, continuing this process, how do, how do you make sure that everyone is aligned? So all the stakeholders with all of these opinions in terms of design and, and things like that, um, when you're actually building out the site, what does that look like? Well, I mean, it's all about communication, consistent and um, full communication on where we're at with, uh, let's say it's a mock-up or we're still in discovery, having those meetings and having an understanding of who's going to be looking at this. So if we're still in the mock-up phase, the people that are going to be looking at it during development should have, the, should have the chance to look at it during that mock-up phase. Um, if there are pivots or changes we have to make in development, we look at uh, um, what we can do to make those changes. You know, the design phase, like Seth was talking about, having that design library or having an understanding of where the flexibility in those designs lies means that we can make some of those changes in the, the end. But really, the best, way, the best thing we can do is make sure the changes for the design of a site or the design of even a single landing page are made kind of in the earlier side of things. And that should be done if we're communicating, communicating everything clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Visual communication is key in this stage and, you know, uh, not having any surprise stakeholders, you know, making sure that everyone who needs to buy into this thing uh, buys in and, and also understands, you know, we're, we're dealing with a, sometimes a, a bit of a static mock-up. So just some bit of communication with us around how is this thing actually going to interact, you know, mm -hmm. on it and we can do uh, interactive prototypes and stuff like that for the right use case or the right client. <clears throat> but, you know, and then I guess to take that thought further, if you do have a large uh, group of stakeholders, then, and it's a really big project, then maybe we do need to step up our kind of prototyping or, you know, interactive prototype, wireframe, whatever, what, what have you, to make sure that people visually understand <clears throat> and buy into everything we're doing. It's so important to have that alignment. So I know we talk a lot about using an agile approach um, and that's something that, that really keeps us, keeps us on task and on timelines and um, just I find that it's been super successful with our clients. Do you want to tell us more about what that means? What is an agile approach? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, go for oh. it. Okay, and at, well, you know, an agile approach, um, it, it means that we can be flexible and change during the course of, you know, the, the design process, the, and even the build to some extent, of course, we want to change as little as possible to get all of that uncertainty reduced from the very beginning as much as possible, but inevitably, you know, little things change. So uh, the way we structure our meetings, we organize things into sprints, 
Um, so basically periodic two to three week um, efforts, whether it's you know from the design uh, stage, like a design sprint, we'll do once in a while, um, to the development phase, which is uh, a development sprint. So uh, it's really just a philosophy, uh, a way of operating that allows us to be more flexible um, compared with the old days when you would spec out, okay, this is exactly what it's gonna be. This is the thing. No, no one can change anything ever until it's launched and then good luck, you know? Right, it's that difference. And sometimes like a waterfall approach, which is the other approach that's used a lot for this kind of thing, um, yeah. makes sense for certain projects. But in terms of agile approach and having an understanding that we're gonna be like taking this set of tasks or this set of like designs or development and doing it in parallel across two weeks having consistent meetings to understand where everybody's at. I think it's a really helpful way for us to kind of loop back around to that idea that we're constantly communicating on the same page with the entire team. And from there, we can be talking to other people working in other facets of the same, I guess, category of projects and making the changes necessary. Instead of maybe a more waterfall or, waterfall or linear approach means, well, we did this thing like a month ago and it's going to be a lot harder to change it since we just realized we need to pivot to something else a month down the line. Yeah. Um, having that flexibility is really helpful. Also I just add really quickly that prioritization is important too in the agile approach because you know this website that you create is never hopefully never going to be done or you know uh, perfect whatever that means. So mm -hmm. there are endless amounts of little things you could add or tweak and we have to take those, you know, endless amounts of things and prioritize the most important things that are going to get you to this kind of time boxed, budget boxed, uh, mm -hmm. final product. And then, you know, we can think about phase two or ongoing optimization after that. So it is agile is also kind of a group effort with the client to say, okay, we all want to, we're all on the same page. We want to launch this thing on this date, on this budget. That, that means we all have to work together and prioritize. That's, that's important too. Sounds like the right way to do it. Cause I know if I'm handing over something as important as a website, I don't want my agency partner to just go hide in a dark room, build everything, come back to me, present it and maybe like, that is not what I have in mind. So this sounds like something you guys have really worked, worked through. Um, another concern I would have, you know, if I'm acting as a client here, would my site, my current site, have to have any downtime? Because I can't afford to have my business offline. No. You know, uh, we we basically switch things over. Uh, we can switch through the DNS, the domain name, when it's time to flip to the new site. <clears throat> there are certain situations where the client is worried about conversions dropping or mm -hmm. some very specific things. Uh, with with the redesign and you know in those cases we can send a percentage of traffic over to the new site test you know do kind of an AB test at the DNS level um, but yeah you, you're not going to experience downtime. Perfect. Is there anything else you can tell me kind of about approvals and implementation and kind of like that handoff so let's say you built me a, a Drupal site um, and I'm a little nervous because maybe I'm new to Drupal. Could you help me be prepared to take over some of that work? I mean, obviously it'd be nice to continue an ongoing relationship with an agency partner, but I obviously want to be able to support uh, myself in the business as well, maybe just contributing content to the website. So what is that process like? 
our goal is always to give our clients as much power as they can have with this new site, especially when you're working with a CMS like Drupal or WordPress. Um, mm -hmm. You should be able to take control of that site and make the content changes and everything necessary. Obviously, when it gets into more intensive development changes, like further redesigns or other kind of stuff like that, we'll jump in and help you out. But in terms of actually jumping in, changing content, changing images, moving some stuff around, we'd be providing the correct documentation, uh, video tutorials if necessary, uh, live meetings, in-person meetings a lot of the time to actually walk um, that client through their new website and make them make sure that they have an understanding and they feel like they own this site and it's um, a part of them and their business. A lot of times uh, it can be freaky to jump into a new website or because of a past site you've worked with, it can be like, well, there's no way I'm gonna touch that. But I found that all my clients who weren't working on content daily on sites and are now are really happy and feel really comfortable with those sites. And that's what the fantastic thing is about WordPress and Drupal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would just add that, you know, these systems like WordPress and Drupal have been tested and used over many years, gone through many usability tests, and the, the usability or user experience has improved for people operating the sites such that, you know, if you've ever touched a website before in the back end uh, of, of a CMS or something like that, you can probably figure it out, you know, it, it really just for most people, 99% of people, it just requires a little bit of, you know, us showing you around, um, generally through Zoom, something like uh, this, and you just get the you get a hold of it. There, there's there's not a huge standard, um, or, you know, there's not a huge divergence in usability among these different platforms. So, people generally figure it out pretty quickly, wouldn't you say, Adam? Yeah, for sure. Like, Let's get the hang of it. Yeah, that's reassuring. And I know uh, most, hopefully, most agencies. I know we at OA always just encourage people to just talk to us if they have a problem, if they're confused. Um, just let us know. We're happy to help. I know that I've been um, on our Drupal site lately, and I think I was terrified at first that I might break something. And it actually is quite user friendly. So it sounds like if it's built right by the right person, that you can definitely continue to support it yourself. Um, I'll wrap things up here, but I hope that everyone was able to learn a little bit more about what the website redesign process entails, how you know if you need a website redesign to begin with, and please just keep in mind how important a website redesign can be. Um, we had a recent case study where the redesign resulted in more than a 50% year-over-year increase in traffic from organic search, so it can make all the difference to your business. It can totally make or break it. Um, and we are happy to kind of chat with you more. If you're considering a redesign, we can do a site audit and see if that's something that you guys might need to consider or if you just wanna kind of learn a little bit more about the process, let us know. But we will be back here on Tuesday at noon. So enjoy your weekend, everyone. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Seth. Yeah, thanks a lot, everybody. Cheers. Bye.